Welcome to Talking with Fred. This is Tony. And I'm Joel. And today we are going to discuss again, or a little more in the depth, um, one of my favorite topics and Joe's favorite topics, as you know from the last time we talked about end times. Mm. And um, you can hear Joe's wonderful point of view and his uh, happy point of view of end times from the last one. But today we're going to go into talking about the seven seals, right? seven trumpets, and so yeah, forth. Yeah, and the, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that we can't, um, we can't avoid. Mm. Uh, and it's some things that a lot of people want to avoid. Yeah. Because there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of opinion. Yeah. You know, everybody's got their opinion on it and what it means and what is, who is it written for and to and all of those different things. And that, that, that's me in yeah. a nutshell. Right. Because uh, like on social media, a lot of TikToks, a lot of uh, Instagrams and stuff, there's a lot of people who are end time prophecy is being fulfilled right in front of us. Right. And some, I'm, I'm very skeptical about people who come on and start talking about, well, I feel God said this. Right. I feel, and I'm like, okay, does it line up with biblical text and what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, and, and I mean, that's a little bit of the, the, the challenge in it, right? Because you have, two, you have two opposing things. One thing is we don't know. I mean, that's right. what Jesus says in yeah. Acts 1, right? We don't know the time the Father has set. No. We don't know. Yeah. On the other hand, we can see when we write, read through the Bible, yeah. and especially in the prophets of the Old Testament, we can see patterns. Yep, big right? time. We can see patterns. We can see times. Mm-hmm. We can see eras, epochs mm-hmm. that come to an end, right? Yeah. Um, and so we know that there's, a, there's this cycle in life. Yeah. And so we can begin to see patterns. And the, my problem with a lot of end-time prophecies and prophets today mm-hmm. is that they, a lot of them have this opinion that it's us against them and now God's going to just punish everybody I don't like. Yeah. And that's my problem. Yeah. My problem is, you know, we are called to love each other. Right. Right. And that means those that aren't in agreement with us. Yeah. And a lot of prophecy, a lot of words of knowledge or whatever about these type of things go after that those are going to be punished because they're living a life that I don't like. Yeah. And and where does that line up in that, the Bible is yeah, exactly. always the question. And and I think that that, that, that takes away from the richness of God's Word mm-hmm. and the truth that's in God's Word and how we can use God's Word to help us make sense of the world we live in because yeah. God's word is just as relevant today as it was, as it was yeah. yesterday or whenever it was written. Well, the and question behind too is for me is, um, is it talking? I, we just answered that it's right. relevant to us today, right. right? When you're talking to someone, are you talking to yourself as well? Or are you talking solely to everyone else? What I mean, I mean, when people are preaching against something in an answer is my, my kind of my question. Well, you know, my dad, who was a pastor for 60 years, mm-hmm. he always said, don't ever preach against anything. Mm-hmm. Preach for God. Yeah. And, and I've always lived for that. Right. Because it's difficult when you get in, especially in a, in a position of, of authority or a position of power to begin to come out against someone. Mm-hmm. Now, there can be someone who has a lifestyle yeah. that I don't agree with, right. right? But it's not 
God hasn't given me the authority to condemn there, to condemn them. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Right. That's not my job. My job is to to preach the gospel. Yeah. The gospel of redemption in Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. the gospel of hope of eternal life in Him, and try to live a life that will convince them that that Jesus' way is better than their way. So, what would you right? say about those that will say, "Well, you know, the Bible will say, don't judge, lest ye be judged." Right. But then they'll say, people will turn around and say, "Well, I can judge righteously." No, we can't because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right. And in the moment we say we're righteous mm -hmm. is the moment our pride takes over. That's a good point. Right, because the only way I can live my life is humbly before the Lord, right. saying, God, I'm a sinner, forgive me. Mm -hmm. And as long as I keep my eyes on myself, mm -hmm. then I can love the guy next to me right. because I'm looking at myself. Right. And in that sense, that's not egotistically speaking. Not at all. That's because, just saying. Because Paul said, I am the biggest sinner of them all. Right. Right. It was, a, it was his attitude. Right. And it's the humbleness to say, God, remember me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, be gracious unto me. Give me peace. Yeah. Um, and so that I can give it to others. So, I, so that I can be, you know, a, a beacon of your gospel in I mean, the world that, I live in. That right? falls right in line with Jesus saying, you know, why are you pointing out the sawdust in other people's eyes? Exactly. You got a huge Jesus never in your eye. Yeah, Jesus never went after anyone. Yeah. He would tell people, you know, after he met them, go and sin no more. Right. But he wouldn't he never came after. He defended. I mean, even the immoral people, the, the people that were that were not doing right by mm -hmm. anybody's definition, he defended them. Right. And and then he would say you know, there is a love that's greater than what you're doing. Right. Go and go and sin no more. I think that's where people have a lot of issues understanding. It was like, I mean, you pointed out that, yeah, the, there's that stand of pride that you're going to preach against them, but it just truly fails to understand that, you know what? I want to stand and talk to somebody, but I want to talk to them in love. It's not that I'm right. It's not that you're wrong right. or you're right and I'm wrong. It's just understanding that Christ crucified it, is the best know, way but, to go. You know, for me, it, for me as a pastor, right? And I mean, I stand in the middle of these controversies a lot of times. Mm -hmm. But it's really difficult for me, for example, to preach against someone that has a, a lifestyle that I don't agree with when inside of our own ranks, inside of our own churches, mm -hmm. the divorce rate is as high as it is in society. Right. Right? And so you may be looking at a lifestyle that someone's living that only represents a few percentage points of the population. Right. Right. But over 50% of all marriages now end in divorce. Yeah. Right. And a lot of those are in the church. And so how can I yeah. point my finger at someone else when the family's being destroyed before our very eyes? Yeah. And so that's where I get into this that, you know, we need to be careful. And that's one of the reasons that, that, that when people want to discuss or when people want to argue, yeah. revelations, then I usually go to the position of you don't know and I don't know, yeah. but that God God has it in his hands. With it took that, me a while to say that myself, too, that I right. don't, we just don't know. We just don't know. With that being said, mm -hmm. we can draw a tremendous amount of wisdom mm -hmm. from revelation because it is a revelation. Yeah. John, being on the island of Patmos, receives a vision, mm -hmm. a dream, a revelation. 
right? He sees some things, and that's what a revelation is. Mm-hmm. A revelation makes things fit into place, mm-hmm. right? And so, so John sees something, he experiences something that makes the world that he's a part of make a little bit more sense, mm-hmm. and God's plan for it all to make a little bit more sense. And sometimes we, 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 we lose sight of the fact that the people that he was writing to, he received this vision, mm-hmm. and he wrote it to the seven churches. Those people were under enormous persecution. Right. I mean, they were being, they were being really persecuted. Yeah. They were being killed, right? They were being fed to the lions, and that's not, you know, that's literally speaking. Yeah. And so we forget, you know, on the one hand, okay, he's writing to people that are in the middle of a storm, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one of my first big pet peeves with a lot of end-time theology, right? He's writing to people that haven't been spared from suffering. Yeah. So anyone who says, oh, God's going to come and relieve us from yeah, suffering. That, that, yeah, that, that's um, the one where I kind of stand wait a minute. to. Yeah. <laughs> because those seven churches yeah. are in the enormous persecution. Yeah. They're being physically what killed, makes us murdered. Special. What makes us more special to... Right. And so, and so that's the first thing. The next thing is that, you know, what happens is that because of that persecution, mm-hmm. right? Remember... This is written in the latter half of the first century, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say 70 to 80 to 90, somewhere through there, right? right? And so within a couple of hundred years, Rome's Christian. Yeah. Okay, so what happens? Yeah. Well, what happened was that during that persecution, when they would fill the, the Colosseums with people to watch the massacre of innocent people, mm-hmm. Christians went to their death knowing that they were going to die, praising God, singing hymns, praying. They didn't resist. They didn't fight. They were humbly going into that. Yeah. What happened it was something in people. The, the authorities of Rome were trying to show their power, right. right? They were showing everybody, we can kill who we want to when we want to. Right. The everyday person in the stands began to say, wait a minute, yeah, these people right. are innocent. Yeah. Look at them. They're going to their deaths praying to this God. Yeah. Singing his glory, There's something praying to that. humbly. Yeah, this is not right, right? Mm-hmm. And people began to talk about that. And so change always starts at the grassroots level, right? Mm-hmm. Change never starts from the top down. Mm-hmm. Change always starts from the ground up, right? And so the people, the everyday people in Rome, began to say uh, something's wrong with it, and they began to listen to Christians. Mm-hmm. And slowly over time, it began to take hold. And two hundred years later, yeah. Rome's Christian. Yeah. And we can have a lot of discussions about, you know, church denomination or affiliation and all that. But the yeah. fact of the matter is, we're Christian. We're sitting here today yeah. in Copenhagen, Denmark, because of the persecution of those seven churches. Yeah. And so when I read Revelation, I try to remember and I try to be thankful mm-hmm. to those people that went through that and were victorious in the sense that they, they endured right. the persecution. They didn't give up because if they had given up, we wouldn't be here. No, we would be. That's, that's the best. And so I think. try to keep that into mind, right? And so one of the things that you have to remember, or you have to pay attention to, is that when John writes or receives his revelation, and he writes his revelation down, he uses the number seven a lot. There's seven churches. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because you've mentioned seven a lot of times. <clears throat> right. There's seven churches. There's seven, seven candlesticks. There's seven seals. Right. Seven trumpets. Seven. Sorry, seven is used a lot. Yeah. Seven 
we know is the completion of creation, right? right. That's that number of it, it's not it's completion. It's completion, yeah. Right, but it's also the end, right? On the mm-hmm. seventh day, God right. rested. Yeah. In other words, He had completed His task, right? Well, that means that there comes an end to something. Yeah. Right. So this is that end and, of right. that cycle. And so right, exactly. And so so the understanding is that wherever there's an end, there's a new beginning. Right. And in the Hebrew tradition, that's what eight is. Mm-hmm. Eight is a new beginning. So seven is the completion, it's death, but it's also resurrection. Mm. Right? On the first day of the week they came and found that Jesus was resurrected, right? He died. And he was buried, and he was resurrected on the seventh day. On the eighth day, the first day of the week, mm-hmm. they came, and they found that he was already resurrected. And so the point about this is it's a completion. It's the end of something, but also that means it's the beginning of something, right? Right, which we <laughs> saw with the Romans becoming Catholic, Right, and so, so John— Christian, excuse me. Right, and so John, God reveals this to John in sevens mm-hmm. to be a comfort to the churches. That, yeah, you're standing in the middle of persecution. This is— Something that's going to demand you endure. Yeah, but a new day to the coming. end. Yeah, but I am going to do something right. So right. the whole revelation is a letter of hope to those churches. Mm-hmm. Right, it's that God is going to do something, and we can still take that today. <coughs> whatever personal situation right. we're dealing with, we can look upon what they went through, and we can say, "All right, they they were persecuted, but." You know what? There well, was I'm a new in the day. middle of a persecution. Right. Right. And, but that seventh day is ending. Right. It's coming. And my new day is coming. Right. As my dad always said, the Old Testament is, is written many times and it came to pass. Right. It didn't come to stay. No, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> and and that's so true. sometimes we have to realize that, you know, okay, I'm in the middle of a very difficult situation. My family's breaking down. My marriage is breaking down. Right. My job is breaking down. I can't get anywhere. I can't. No doors yeah. are opening. There's a lot of things that demand that I dedicate myself, that I endure to the, to the end because that is victory. And we have the hope that God hasn't forgotten us. Mm-hmm. We have the hope that in the middle of this, yeah ending of this that that god is going to do something because there there could not be the beginning of christianity in the western world without the end of heathenism and that transition from heathenism to christianity is always difficult and these were the first sacrifices in that transition i think do you suppose that we're kind of going through that again now with the way things are rising up in the Western world. Well, I think that, not going political, just right. But, but yeah, I, and I think that's one of the reasons people say things like you're seeing revelation in our time. Yeah. Well, yeah, at some level, I think you need to be careful yeah, though so about, that, yeah. you know, m- you know, m- my, you know, m- my flu bug is not a, a, a terminal illness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we experience just a little bit of pain, or something we don't like, we have a tendency to say, "This is the end of times. This yeah. is this is it. This is it." Yeah. So I think we need to be a little careful. It's like self-diagnosis on Google, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Net doctor, right? Yeah. And so, so I've got eternal illness. Oh, <laughs> no, you've got a cold. <laughs> yeah. You know. And so I think that's where we need to 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 practice restraint yeah. in these things. And at the same time, remember. And so, well. My thing is, again, I when I come back, and I, I'm always going to say I'm very skeptical about things 
when not so much how the Bible's written or what the Bible says, because I'm a believer of I believe what I read. Right. Okay. And we have to go under context and understand yeah. how things were written and how right. things are going. And so, I mean, people, they'll say, again, I'm not doubting this, that Christ is returning at some point. And I think it's that attitude of the rapture that people have in mind, that they're trying to say, well, we're going to be raptured out of all this. And, we, you know, I, 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 that the that, Antichrist that is, is going to come. That is a huge there, theological yeah, question, right? And, the tribulation's going to happen. And we're not going to be a part of it. We're going to be in a party. But see, I'm, I'm, I'm Pentecostal. Yeah. And so basically what that means is that I believe that Christ has come. Mm-hmm. That Christ is here, mm-hmm. and Christ will come. Mm-hmm. Right? Physically, he will. So, so he back. has yeah. been here. Yeah, he is with me now. Right, and he will soon come again. Right, but that also means, as he teaches us, if you call on my name, I will come to yeah. you. So, so in a sense, we experience these things, and we call on Jesus, and he comes, yeah. and he rescues us out of a situation. Mm-hmm. So. There is that element that, to me, is very meaningful. So when you're preaching and you're saying Christ is soon coming, you're not I mean talking two about things. Okay, so I one, mean two things. One right. is, I mean, he's going to come and intervene in your personal situation. Yes, and I mean that there will come a day. Yeah, when he comes back, that, and that steps the world forward. will destroy itself again. Right, and that God will not allow His creation mm-hmm. to be destroyed. That's when everything is laid under the feet of Christ. That's what we wait. He says, we're waiting for God to put all of the enemies under Christ. Right. And when that happens, Christ will come again. Right. And the heavens and the earth will be renewed. Right. Right. We're not talking about some planet on the other side of the universe. We're talking about the heavens and the earth. They will be renewed. And then John says, I see a new Jerusalem come down in this renewed world. Mm -hmm. And I see God and and he will live with men. Yeah. Right. Just like so, he was supposed to be in the that. beginning. Yeah. So so yeah, That's where I, do I believe, stand as well. I do believe that that yeah. man is going to destroy the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure we're going to do it tomorrow, but no. we can see how man works. The pattern, yeah. And so yeah, there will come a day when God will not allow man to destroy his creation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I also have the hope that tomorrow, if I'm in a really bad situation, yep. that I can call on Jesus and he will come. Right. So, so I have this, this fluid view of mm-hmm. eternity that I am a part of mm-hmm. that is just as real to me yesterday, today, and forever. And so that's kind of my position, right? Yeah. And so when I read Revelations, I re- remember the churches, right? And so <clears throat> from Revelation 6 to Revelation 8, I mean 11, we have this, these revelations about the seven seals and right. seven trumpets, right? right? So in other words— a completion, right? God's doing something. Mm-hmm. And so this, a seal, right, is a seal ring, right? Anytime a king yeah. in old times, when you know, we've seen put it the in wax, movies, yeah, right? In the movies, the wax, they put, right, and, they, and then they seal it right? because that means that's it's the his the proclamation. Right. It's the king's word. Yeah. In other words, it's the king's judgment, right? Mm-hmm. And then someone has to open that, and that was his guarantee that nobody would change his mm-hmm. proclamation, his law. But it also right? says... To, so if it, if yeah. like, for example, if the king decided Tony's going to be saved mm-hmm. and he writes that on a piece of paper and he seals it That's and he it. gives it to a courier that goes to a prison, right? The guarantee that the prison 
guards have that nobody's tampered with that is the seals intact. Right. right. So then they know, okay, this king has said this and the king has sealed it and nobody has broken the seal. Right. So then they would open it and they would say the king has decided. Right. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you would have people making all kinds of laws yeah. in the name of the king. Right? right. And so that's what we're talking about here. Right. And so every time, every time the seal is, is comes, right, it has to be opened. Right. And he said, and I remember him saying that there is only one that can open it. <clears throat> right. That's Christ. Right. And well, so, so but why, the point about this is... Why would he be the one? Well, because he's the one that's righteous. He paid the price, right? right. And so the, the, the whole point about seven is completion's victory, mm-hmm. right? So Jesus Christ is the victorious one. He can break the seal right. to reveal God's judgment against evil, not against men, but against evil, against sin. And that's what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And so the first one... Well, in in these with the seven seals and the seven trumpets, you know, we have a lot to do with horses, right? Right. Now they're riding horses. Remember, remember on Palm Sunday, Jesus rides yeah. into Jerusalem through the East Gate yeah. on a donkey. Yeah. Right. If, you, if you're riding on a horse, you best be ready that there's going to be something coming right. that you're not happy with. Right. <laughs> a king riding on a donkey is peace. Right. He comes in peace. If a king comes riding on a horse, there's war. There's war. Okay, so just the fact that that this imagery is with horses coming from heaven means that God's going to do something. Okay, God's on the warpath. He's going to destroy evil. Right now, that's a tremendous comfort if you're in one of those churches that's being persecuted. Right. From the get go, John is saying, I've had a revelation and God has said, I have not forgotten you. I'm coming to fight for you. Yeah. Okay. you may be persecuted, but hang in there. Keep fighting because I'm coming and I'm going to. Now that's comfort. Yeah, I think that's where uh, David makes a very interesting point in Psalms when he talks about the Lord coming down, uh, fire coming from smoke coming from his nostrils and fire under his feet. That I mean, he's coming to battle. Right. And, and uh, so, so you that's know, that's a great thing to understand. Right. I mean, truly, it is. Comfortable that would be tr- that would know. be comfort. Mm-hmm. And that would be hope for those churches. Yeah. Right. For those people. Especially in a difficult situation when you're really about to get your head cut off and you're kind of wondering, all right, yeah, when it, what what's going to happen here? Right. And so the first thing is that he sees, and the first seal is is broken, and a white horse comes, and he that sits on the white horse had a bow and a crown was given in him, and he went forth conquering, right. Um, this is a very beautiful imagery. I remember reading that out in youth. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, God is so, coming. So the, yeah, exactly. And that's the first message. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else with the first seal, which is, which is God's judgment, right? Mm-hmm. The first judgment of God that is opened is that he's given us life, right? Jesus says, I've come to give you life and to give you life abundantly, right? Mm-hmm. The judgment of God to everyone who believes in Jesus Christ is life. And, it, that, and what's cool is that it's not negative, the word judgment in that sense. Well, it's a judgment. Yeah. And that's why Paul writes in Romans 8, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus because God has judged us mm-hmm. and God has judged us to life, mm-hmm. not to death. No. Right? So if we believe in Jesus Christ, then we share in God's judgment of life. Mm-hmm. If we reject him, 
Yeah, we share then in God's we share judgment. in God's judgment of death, right? Yeah. So the first thing that God wants to show the people of the seven churches is that the first horse that comes out of heaven is guaranteeing your salvation, mm-hmm. right? Your life. And the, force, the thing about it is the horse is a white horse, mm. right? So that's purity. Right. That's holiness, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's not going to be muddled. It's not going to be compromised. Mm-mm. It's God himself. It's the purity of God. It's the holiness of God. It's the completeness of God. It's the omnipotent power of God. Right. It's every adjective you can imagine about God yeah. is coming out of heaven to guarantee your life. Now, um, when you're saying life, guaranteeing that life, it doesn't mean we're not spared from facing no, death. Life. We're talking about the spiritual right. aspect yeah, exactly. of that, right? Yeah. And so, and so, well, there's two things in this, right? And right. that's what, the, biblically, you always have to remember, there's a physical, mm-hmm. there's a psychological, and there's a spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. So, when, so when God's saying this, He's saying, your physical life is yeah. going to come to an end, but I'm going to resurrect you. Right. The epoch of this time is going to come to an end, but I'm going to resurrect it, right? right? So all of these things are going on at one time, mm-hmm. right? And so what is it that conquers evil? Purity. Right. 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 And so the first horse out of heaven is that pure is horse. a white horse. Yeah. Right. And so that's our hope. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and I think that's very significant because he doesn't send a black horse or a red horse. They come later. Right. Because the first thing you encounter, right, is always the most important. Right. The first thing that's said in a conversation is usually the things that people remember. Right. And that's why it's always, always so very important that when you are dealing with someone, that you deal with them respectively. Yeah. If the first thing that comes out of your mind or mouth is hatred or is aggression, yeah. that's what they're going to remember you. Right. Yeah. Look, look on the Internet with all of these memes about Karens. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. They just come yeah. at you. Right. With all kinds of just really, really bad things. And what do you do? It doesn't matter who they are from then on. Yeah. That's who they are in your that's mind. That's who they are forever. Because that's the first thing you hear. Yeah. That's the first thing you see. And the first thing it is, is always the most important. Yeah. Right? And why is that? Well, it's because God is one. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the prayer that everyone should pray every day is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, He is one. Mm-hmm. Right? There is no other. Right? He's it. Right? But that also means that the first thing that happens in my life is always important. That's why it's so important that the first thing you do in the morning yeah. is say, God, thank you for a new day. God, thank you that you are <clears throat> that you are renewing me in my spirit, my mind, and my body to be more like you. Thank you for all that you're doing. You know, I am more than victorious in you, Christ Jesus. Instead of getting up and saying, Oh, oh it's another Lord. Monday. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But most people do that. Yeah. You know, God, most people look in the mirror and say, I look sick. Yeah. You know, well, this is not going to end well. Right. <laughs> the first thing that is said is well, so keep very saying, important. I'm, I'm actually very adamant about that. that 
be careful what you speak out because that's going to come true. And you keep saying, I look sick, I look sick. You know, well, you bet your bottom dollar you're going to end up sick. Right. And and, and be be aware of your first action, your first words, your first everything. It's so important. First impressions. Because the first seal of God's judgment was hope for us. Yeah. It was a white horse. And it was coming with a bow, right? The bow is, is a representation. And in the Old Testament, a bow means something that is shot forth, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? A yeah. bow shoots an arrow out. Right. But that means something Gives is... Gives it the force it it's needs. It's being forcefully shot into existence, yeah. right? That's one thing. The other thing it means is nothing can stop this. Mm. Nothing can stop it. No, once right? you release that arrow God's from power that bow, is... Poof unstoppable yeah. right and so that's what they see and that's what they have and the rider of the white horse he has a crown on his head right yeah. that means he's conquering yeah right he goes out conquering and that does not mean victory to conquer is something much more than being victorious and this is where a lot of people get into trouble theologically because a lot of people want there to be victory because victory would spare me of pain, mm-hmm. right? God didn't spare those yeah, churches well, from pain. No, I right? mean when they were killed. Yeah, when right? when you when we look back in history and talk about or read about and learn about all those countries and kings that have conquered, it didn't come without cost. Well, <clears throat> when you conquer, yeah, right, it's a long process. Yeah, when you conquer. You prevail. And that is the meaning of the word Israel. The word Israel means God prevails, mm-hmm. right? He is, he is victorious yeah. because he prevails, because he endures. That's why the New Testament talks about endure. Mm-hmm. It doesn't talk about victory. It talks about enduring yeah. because that is the victory. Yeah, that what, is the conquering of death, yeah. of sin, hell, and the grave. Yeah. That's what we're talking about, right? So this this white, pure horse comes out of heaven. The first seal, the first judgment of God is there's hope. Mm-hmm. That purity is going to win out over evil. Yeah. That God is going to conquer. Yeah. And that he is bringing this forth in such a powerful way that nothing can stop it. Mm-hmm. And he's going to see it to the end. He's going to prevail. Yeah. Right. His so that I receive that there. into my life, yeah. and I say, God's purity is going to conquer everything in my life. Yeah. I'm not perfect. No. I have sin, but that sin is conquered by okay. the goodness of God. Right. He is going to cleanse me, as John says in First John. We right. are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. He cleanses us. Right. And God's power is more than the power that I'm fighting. Right, mm-hmm. so the thoughts that I have, the things that I struggle with, God is more powerful. Yeah. There is victory in Him, and He will prevail. Yeah. I might not see it today, I might not see it tomorrow, but every day I'm getting better. That's what Paul says about that. We talked about it in uh, with um, the Omar with pursuing and keep going to the right. goal. Just exactly. keep pushing keep towards on the goal going. because the crown is the vision of rank. Mm-hmm. Right, the only one that wears the crown is the king. Right. So Jesus Christ, He's the one. He's the one yeah. on the purity from purity yeah. in the righteousness. He is the one that's coming. Yeah. 
and he's going to save us. He is the Christ. And that's why it's so important that we take these, these revelations that John's having and we relate them to our own lives, yeah. but that we also relate them to the context of what John was trying to do. And he was trying to give hope because God was giving hope to the people that were suffering. Yeah. And God gives us hope in the middle of our suffering yeah. that he has not forgotten us. He is going to come. He is going to return. Yeah. That's why I believe that Jesus Christ is my soon coming king. And because I experience yeah. that every day. Yeah. Right? And so one day when he comes back, it's not going to be a surprise for me. Mm-hmm. I always grew up with this idea that, that, oh, my God, have I missed the rapture, right? <laughs> because I know my, me, and I wasn't nearly good enough to make the rapture. So I always thought, oh, my God, it's going to happen, and it's going to be this sudden thing. And it, yeah, it will be sudden for people that don't believe. Right. But I think people that believe in Christ, we experience his coming every day. And when he appears in the heavens, it's going to be the most natural thing for us. <laughs> We're going to welcome it. Yeah. Right? Because it's coming it's from God. It's that comfort, like uh, Mary in the garden, when the angel came and talked with her, she wasn't scared. She wasn't shocked by who it was. She well, just when Gabriel talked. come to Mary, when, yeah. she, when he was going to tell her that she was going to be pregnant, yeah. right? She says, what are you doing here? Yeah. She, she just right. felt comfortable what with What are you mother. doing here? Yeah. You know, oh, hey. I mean, if, if an angel appeared to me in the middle of the night, I would soil myself. <laughs> well, right? I mean, you look at John right? and his reaction. He was bowing down. I mean, I would him. be out of it, right? And <laughs> yeah. Mary just says, what are you doing here? And that's exactly and, that. And that's that what's symbolism. going to happen, yeah. right? If you walk with Jesus Christ, yeah. if you know him when he appears, it's going to be natural, yeah. right? And the promise is that he hasn't forgotten us. No. His glory is coming. His purity will win in the end. He is shooting forth for like a, an arrow out of a bow that nothing can stop, and he is the king of the universe. And what's cool about it is that it's not so much as that he has not forgotten. He knows my name. Right. He so, knows me. And so that's the first seal. Yeah. And so that's where we'll end it today. And we'll continue on with it. And I, It's very exciting. I lo- I've said it. I love talking about end times because there's good conversation with it, and it can be very beneficial and proactive but if we're not careful, it can unwind and be right. very destructive. And so always remember, just take from today and remember God knows who you are. He knows your name. And he has come. He has conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave. And he will come and conquer whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life today. Just call on him. So remember that. We love you. We want to hear from you. Find us on our Facebook page. Make comments, uh, questions as you want. Uh, Talking with Fred. Uh, You can follow our videos on Instagram and TikTok at Talking with Fred. Uh, Instagram is Talking with Fred 777. Have the peace of God with you. Take care. Until next time.